Welcome to the May 7th Sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10-17, through 17, and the sermon is entitled, The Graduate and Their God, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Some celebrate it behind us, some celebrate it coming up, but for those that are in the education field and teachers and administrators and And here's what I want to do. I know this is a week that honors them. I'm going to ask if you are in that teaching slash education field as a teacher or administrator or whatever within our school system. I'm just going to ask that you stand where you are just for a second. Anybody brave enough? Yeah, we got them. There you go. Keep standing for a second. Keep standing. Here's what I want to say. We're blessed at Clifford Baptist Church just for what you do and your mission field. And I just want to say thank you as as your pastor. But also, I want to say this. I want to have a word of prayer of God's leading over you because I know the days are not easy. I know that. And they are getting harder. But the Lord has you where you are for a particular purpose and a season And I'm thankful for each and every one of you. So I want to pray, if I can, over each of you right now. Father God, thank you that as we gather on a day that honors young lives and honors graduates, honors education, Lord, we want to put our teachers and our administrators before you. Lord, they are battling on the front lines of young people's lives every single day. I know the hearts of these in this room. And I know they want the very best out of the children. And Lord, I know that they have to overcome so much. And it seems like sometimes their own families work against the situation. Yet God, I pray, Lord, that you give strength where strength is needed. And patience and wisdom beyond measure, God. Thank you for those that have a place in the education system. Lord, it is their mission field. So, God, I pray that every day as they go to work, it's not a a dread that they go, but they go looking to make a difference in the lives of these young people. Thank you, Lord, for giving them the desire to do that. And I pray, Lord, that you strengthen that desire in the days to come. Thank you for each one of these teachers. And God, we put them in your hand for your leading and your guiding and your protection. And we ask it all in the strong name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. As we go to God's Word today, I know that many of you may have looked at the bulletin and you noticed the title, The Graduate and Their God. And certainly this is a pointed message in the direction of those that we are celebrating. But here's the truth. The truth of the matter is this. None of us have graduated yet. Okay? I will graduate when I lay this physical body down and I go home. Until then, there's work to be done. One of the biggest years of transformation in my personal life were those teenage years. But at 18, I felt like I hit a roadblock and I didn't know which way to turn. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know what in the world God wanted to do with me. I just knew that I had to be faithful. Out of high school, I went to work. And then I went to school while I worked. And I'm grateful for those years. I'm grateful that I'd done them as a young man. Because I'm doing them now as an older man. They're not my favorite days. I know why you do it when you're young. But here's what I want to say. In those early years, 
And what I've seen in my 13 years plus here at Clifford Baptist Church is that at those teenage years, they're very formative years, but they're also years where teenagers forget. They forget. And so today, that was on my heart and mind as I've seen teenagers walk away from families and walk away from church and walk away from God and walk away. You're walking into a great Big world. But this message is not just for the graduates in the room today. This message is for every Christian. Because every single day, you move and you walk in a great big world that that God needs you to make a difference in. And God wants you to minister in. And so today, you're going to get five points, and I'm going to try to make them quick. I've been looking at my watch the whole time I've been up here. I know how much time I have. But here's what I want to tell you. God has a plan for every one of our lives. At 18, you think you graduate and you know it all. At least I did. I did. I thought I knew it all. And then life smacks you right in the face. And then what do you do with that? And how do you handle that? And so I'm grateful today as we turn to God's Word. Let these words be a reminder to you who are graduating, but you also that are here And growing up and have been in school and have graduated. But you're looking at what you need to do for the Lord. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that at 40 years old. That I know that I've got a lifetime of serving. And my prayer is that's the heart of every person that is connected to Clifford Baptist Church. Is that we have a lifetime to serve. Don't quit on God. With that, here we go. 2 Timothy chapter number 3 in your Bibles. If you have them with you, go there. But I've got to tell you a little background to our scripture. As Paul writes a letter to Timothy, the second one, he writes from a Roman prison cell around the year of A.D. 65. And as he writes this letter, he knows this. He knows for himself the end is near. It's getting closer for him. He even writes that in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 6. He says this, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul says, I'm getting ready to die. I'll translate that for you. I'm getting ready to die. My time is done. My days are numbered. And here's what I want a young pastor named Timothy to know. Here's what, I, what advice I have for him. It's a letter of instruction. It's a letter of reminders. It's a letter of encouragement to a young man that Paul wants him to know that days ahead are not easy. Paul knew the Lord as he wrote, wrote this, knew the Lord would take care of those days ahead. Now, here's what I want you to know. You may not know what you want to do with the rest of your life. I'm 40 years old, and I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. I just want to serve the Lord. Whatever that looks like, I want to serve Him the best that I can. If it's the pastor of Clifford Baptist Church for 10 or 20 or 30 more years, y'all going to need some prayer. I just want to serve him the best that I can. If it's here or if it's somewhere else or even if it's across the world, that's where I want to be. And I know it's hard to think about what's ahead, but we need to do that. 
Paul knew what was ahead. It was death for him. But for a young preacher in Timothy, it was a lifetime of living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's with that heart we open the scripture today. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. We're going to jump right in the middle of the chapter. Verse number 10. Here's what Paul writes to the young preacher. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And here's where you need to get your pen out and underline. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Today as we think about a graduate and their God, the first point that I want to give you is this. The Lord will deliver. The Lord will deliver. Can we say that as a collective people? The Lord will deliver. God's word says that. When we think about God delivering, we have a tendency with our human mind and our human focus to focus on what's going on right now. When I interviewed for the youth pastor of Clifford Baptist Church, they said, where do you see yourself in five years? I couldn't give a good answer to that. Because I didn't know what five years would look like. I said, I hope to still be the youth pastor of Clifford Baptist Church in five years. And my goal is not to be here for two years and leave you high and dry. I'm here. I'm committed. That was my answer. It must have worked. Okay? But how many around this room and even watching live stream today, would, if I say, where will you be at in five years? I know you cannot give me a definite answer. But where would you want to be in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is the same way and the same thing and the same way you're doing things, is that good enough in five years? Here's the answer, church. No. No. Jeffrey's got to change because in five years, the world will change so much. And so I've not, I'm not going to adapt to the wor- world. I've got to adapt to the word. And so my life has got to be rooted somewhere. And the Lord will deliver. That's the message. That's what Paul writes. Out of these things, the Lord will deliver. Look at verse number 10 real quick. Paul starts out with a pretty good list. He says this. You've known, Timothy, you've known about my doctrine or my teaching. You've known about the manner of life or how I've conducted my life. You've known about my purpose. You've known about my faith. You've known about my long-suffering or my patience. You've known about my charity or my love, and you've known about my patience or my steadfastness in the work. You've known all these things, Timothy. But here, those are good things, I would say. But in verse number 11, there are two more categories. You've known about my persecutions and my afflictions. And as Paul is writing to this young preacher, how many of us could boast and and maybe a paragraph or a word or paper about all the good things that God has brought us through. About the strengths of our life and the strengths of our ministry and where we are strong. We're strong in faith and we're strong in patience and and God has helped us there. But Paul writes, even when I've been in the valley of 
persecutions, God delivered me. Now take your mind to the place where he's writing from, a Roman jail cell, and what he's facing. He will not leave that jail cell alive. And here's what he writes, knowing that the Lord will deliver. Paul writes to this young man knowing that his life is in the balances of a Roman government and that no matter what that government says, God has his back. Young people today, listen to me right now. I don't know what is in your future. I don't know what you're focused on right now. But here's what I want to challenge you. Take the blinders off. Don't look at the world. Look at God. And allow Him to lead you through the good days and through the celebrations of a graduation. And the next few few weeks, you're going to be on top of the world. And then when life smacks you right in the face... And you've got to begin to do the things that grown-ups do. Listen to me. Don't look to your mom and daddy. I'm going to challenge you from this pulpit to start looking to your God. And in those moments where you begin to deal with life, you begin to put your faith in action. I want you to know it is my hope For every person in this room, but especially those that are graduating high school and college, is this. Remember, remember, the Lord is faithful to you. You've got to be faithful to Him. Don't forget God. Point number one, the Lord will deliver. I believe that. Point number two, look at verses 12 and 13. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Point number two today is this. Living a godly life is not easy. Nowhere in the Bible does it promise to you when you accept Jesus as your Savior that you will have it made in the shade. That you will have it made. For, oh, you're going to be blessed and God's going to give. No, 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 no. God doesn't promise you any of that. Verse number 11 about persecutions and afflictions. He, st- he begins verse number 12 with one word. Yes. Yes. I can speak to those things. I can speak to the being persecuted and being thrown in jail. I can speak to those things. Yes, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Underline that verse 2. Because here's the the promise. We have been spoiled in American Christianity that says, Hey, if so long you come and so long you do and so long you... It's going to be okay. No. Shed shed the clothes of America and go somewhere else where your life is in danger if you mention the name of Jesus. And that will show you who the faithful are. We have it made in America. We are spoiled Christians in America. I'm guilty. I'm the first. But here's what I want you to know. Paul says this life is not easy. 
It's not easy for anybody who will commit to live their life faithfully and fully for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know as Paul writes those words, the Lord will deliver. But he knew persecution would come. A young preacher needed to hear and be reminded of the words that in A.D. 65, your life is in danger. In America, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know if your life's in danger or not. I don't feel like mine is. Maybe it is. But I can stand here and I can proclaim to the world about Jesus. Man, that's a gift. That is a gift. And so, graduates and young lives today, I want you to know that you're going to have to stand in the face of a culture that is going against Christianity. It may not cost you your life, but it will cost you your friends. It will cost you. It will cost you something if you stand truly and fully for Jesus. I want you to know along the lines, as I stood for Jesus, I saw the friends drop away and move away. I saw that. But I'm so grateful that we live in a nation that I can stand and proclaim Jesus Christ. It may not be popular. It may go against the culture. But here's the deal. We are charged to do it. Knowing you're not going to be popular. I want you to know I don't stand here on Sunday mornings to win the popularity contest. But I stand here to proclaim Jesus. And his love for every person in this world. And here's what I want to challenge you church. Not only the graduates. Church to do. Is it easy? No. Even though we have it easy and we live easy, it's not easy. But it's what we're called to do. Temptation, spiritual warfare, seeking direction for your life. All these things are situations where you need to involve the Lord. If you you walk the stage this morning and you say, I don't know what I'm going to do. Involve the Lord in that. Pray about it. God's going to put you where you need to be. He took me uh, to a clock factory, to Central Virginia Community College, to BWXT, to finally get me in 25 years where he needed me to be. I'm hard-headed. I know that. But out of of school, I didn't know. All I knew is I wanted to serve and how God has used that. It's not going to be easy. But how many in this room today... If your life was on the line, would still proclaim Jesus as Christ. Something to think about. Five years from now, you may have to do that. Point number three. Look at verse number 14, verses 14 and 15. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. In verse number 13, Paul says a couple of things are going to keep on getting worse and worse. Evil men and seducers, imposters. Those people are going to be creeping up and deceiving and Satan is behind those things. But in verse number 14, he says this, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. Now, I don't know if all the, the, the high school, I'm going I'm to I'm 
pick, pick on the high school graduates. If you're sitting here with family, turn to your mama, your daddy, your sister, whoever's with you, and just say two words. Say thank you. Maybe you're sitting here today and you don't, you're not a graduate. Maybe you're just doing life with somebody that's sitting right next to you. Will you do me a favor? Will you turn to that person that's beside you that's important as you do life together and just say thank you? All right, come back to me. That's enough. I... <laughs> Leave room for God, okay? Leave room for God. That's what I have to do with teenagers, okay? Here's what Paul would write in Timothy. Chapter number 1. So 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Verse number 5. When I call to remembrance of the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Paul writes to this young man and he says, I know where you learned it from. You have a foundation of a grandmother in Lois and a mother in Eunice that have greatly impacted your faith, Timothy. But here's what Paul is saying. Paul is not saying, keep the family name. He's not saying that. But what he's saying is, keep the faith that your family taught you. I can look back over my life and I can see where people have pulled in beside me. It started off at home. I want you to know, I've never known a season of my life where I have not been in church. Not many people can say that. And I'm thankful for that. But here's what I want to say. I'm thankful to a mama that raised me in church. And I'm thankful to grandparents and family that surrounded me. And Paul knew that Timothy had that foundation. And so here's, here's the message. Number one, if you're moving on and you're graduating... You need to be thankful of the foundation that was laid. And don't forget that foundation. But number two, maybe you are a grandparent or you are a parent in this room. It is our responsibility still to work on the foundation of our children and our grandchildren. To pour into their lives and tell them the importance of Jesus Christ. But that's just part of it. Look at verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. There are two other parts of foundation. One of them rests on the holy scriptures or the word of God as verse number 15 says. Now listen, if you have a child, it's important that you get them plugged in where they know and learn and understand how important God's word is. It is your job to do that, okay? But it is the church's job to help you do that. So get them involved in, in Sunday school and RAs and GAs and Mission Friends and King Jesus Kids and Shining Lights. But listen, as we pour into our kids, we can only do so much. We can only do so much. We can give them a good foundation. We can te teach them the scriptures. But verse number 15, the end of it says this. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. As I think about the third point today is to continue in the truth. Listen to me now. I don't want you to miss this. As we think about parents tying into that. As we think about the Holy Word tying into that. All of those are good things. But mama and the Bible can't save you. I'm going to say it one more time. Mama and the Bible cannot save you. 
I'm going to say it one more time. Mama and the Bible cannot save you. It has to be a decision that you make. And only Jesus Christ has already paid for. He's already laid it out. I'm grateful that my mama raised me in church. But my mama didn't save me. I had to make that big boy decision myself. And I had to come to that point that Scripture showed me that I was a sinner. And that I was undeserving of the grace and mercy that Christ offers. You can read your Bible every day and still miss Jesus. The Bible cannot save you. It's only the work of Jesus Christ. And so I don't want you to miss the end of verse number 15 which says, You are able, the Bible is able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So the foundation of your family and the foundation of the word of God has prepared that for everyone to make a decision to accept Christ as Savior. So, here's the message. Continue in the truth. Continue in what your mom and dad have taught you. Continue in the scriptures. And continue following Christ with your life. Point number four. Look at verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is one of the foundational verses of our faith. And so you star it, underline it, whatever you want to do. But as this powerful word begins, it tells us this, that all Scripture is God-breathed. The power behind the, the Scripture is the inspiration, which is God Himself. And you may argue, yes, Pastor Jeffrey, human beings wrote this. You told me Paul wrote it. Yes, Paul wrote it under the inspiration of a holy and perfect God. Each writer has put his own perspective and style on the Word and on God's Word. But here's what I want you to know. This is more than a storybook. And I know that maybe you're an adult here, and I tell you to read your Bible, that may make you shiver where you are. I don't like reading. I don't like doing that. Well, there's a lot of things in life I don't like doing, right? But as a Christian, this should be important enough that we go to it on a daily basis. Here's why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm not, I don't want a book report from you on this book. But here's why we go to this book. This verse tells us four reasons why you go to the Word of God. Number one, it says that it's profitable for doctrine. What does that mean? It means this. If you stay in the book, it's going to teach you the truth of God. If you stay in God's word, it will teach you the truth of it. It is also uh, useful for reproof. Well, what does that mean? It means it, it teaches us what isn't right to do. Okay? So the Bible teaches us what to do, but it also teaches us what not to do. It warns us. The third is for correction. It exposes, it changes us to the point where we come before a holy God and follow Him fully with our life. And the fourth thing it does in this verse is it instructs to righteousness. It teaches us of a lifestyle that follows and pleases the Lord. So when I tell you as a pastor, we need the Word of God, 
It's for every one of us. We've got to let the Word of God impact powerfully our life. And you can't pick and choose what you like now, okay? You can't pick the good stuff and leave out the rebuking. Okay? The Bible is beneficial. Point number four, there is still learning to be done. Anybody in here finished learning all you need to know about God? Please don't raise your hand. Okay. I haven't either. It's a lifetime of learning. And like I said to begin with, the learning is done when I give it up. When I, when I close my eyes in death, that's when God's done with me. And then I have a whole new learning to do when I'm with Him. That'll be a whole new round. Point number five, I'm finished, finishing up now. And that is this. Verse number 17. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Point number five is this. Equip yourselves for the days ahead. Equip yourself for the days ahead. Note here, there's a word in verse number, or a couple words in verse number 17. The man of God. The man of God. The man of God or the woman of God. If I told you or asked you, could you name or show me a man of God or a woman of God? Just let your brain do a little bit of work. Where would you begin to point your finger at? Who would you begin to point to? Here's my feeling in this. The man of God or the woman of God that you know is a person that, that li- whose life depends on the Word of God. They know their Bible. They're faithful to pray. And they're faithful to serve the Lord. Now, am I wrong? So here's what I'm saying. As you equip your life to live for Jesus, it must involve the Word of God. It must involve prayer. And I believe, this is Jeffrey, it involves the church. Now you can say, I can worship where I, I can, I can, I can, I, we can debate that. You can worship wherever you want to, okay? But as far as the collective body of believers, Jesus Christ instituted the church for a reason. And here's what I want you to know. Church, I need you. I need you. I need to fellowship with you. I need to pray with you. I need to study with you. I need to talk talk about godly things with you. I need you. My family needs you. And when I think about doing life without the church, I've, I've never known any different. I can't speak to that. Today, the church is where you can be equipped as well. There are two words used in this verse number 17. That the man of God may be perfect. Do you see that? Now, I will say this. There's no perfect person in this world, okay? Nod your head, yes. Only one, Jesus Christ, he died. No perfect man. It's not perfect in person, but it's perfect in action. The word of God is going to pour into you and teach you and make you perfect. But also the other word is furnished. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That you are equipped. There's the word. Furnished means equipped. Equipped to do the work of God. Now, I'm I'm wrapping up. I'm done. Graduates, families, listen. I know that you may think step number one is done. Check it off the list. But we have a responsibility 
as Christian men and women to continue the learning process. And my prayer is this. Is maybe you're sitting here trying to figure out, Lord, where, what do you have for me in five years? Or what is my next step? Or what do you want to teach me? Or where do, where do you want me to serve? Or what do you want to do with my life? Today is where you begin that. And I can't tell you the answer to that. But here's what I want you to know. Seek God and he will give you that answer. Equip yourself. Be ready. I want to say graduates today, great work on the first step. But there are many more steps to follow. Church, you and I, that same message is for us. We're not done yet. I don't care what your age is. I don't care how many committees you've served on. I don't care what you've done in the past. We are not done yet. And so the message is this. Are we equipped to continue the work of the Lord? I'm grateful today at this moment to offer an invitation to any person that is here today that maybe you are here and you're trying to figure out exactly what the Lord has for you or your life or what you're going to do. Maybe today, in a moment of celebration for our graduates, you look at your life and you say, Okay, God, show me my next step. Show me where I need to serve. Ultimately today, I want to give that invitation to that one person who may be in this room or watching live stream today that needs Jesus Christ as their Savior. My prayer is this, is that you've heard the importance of Jesus. But here's the truth. The Bible tells us this. Every person is sinful and lost without God. That's what the Bible gives us wisdom. The Bible also gives us wisdom to show us that Jesus Christ, the perfect, the perfect sacrifice, laid down his life willingly to die for the sin of the world. And if anyone chooses to repent and believe in Christ, he will save them. Today, whatever you need, I pray that the Lord will meet you here. One other invitation today, and that is this. Maybe on a personal level. If you had a, somebody walk across this stage today, and maybe you want to bring them down there. I don't, maybe, maybe it's just a child that they didn't walk today. Maybe today you want to come and kneel before a holy God and just pray over your child. You can do it where you sit or where you stand. But you can also come before God and say, God, here they are. They're out of my hands now. Pray for your children. I know that you do that. I don't have to beg you to do that. I know that you do that. But let's continue to lift up our young people today. Maybe we go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for an opportunity to come before you and worship. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the celebration of those that are graduating. But God, today, Lord, we put our lives before you. And Lord, I know personally there's work still to be done in my life, in and through me. So God, I pray, Lord, that you will just continue that work and that you will continue to lead and equip. Lord, that you will remind, Lord, that you're not done. God, I pray over our young graduates today, Lord, that you will lead their next steps into their future. Lord, they, they have put their plans on paper. But Lord, maybe you have plans for their lives, Lord, that, that they've not even factored in yet. God, I pray, Lord, that you lead these young lives for our church. Lord, I don't know what five years down the road looks like for Clifford Baptist Church. But here's what I do know. I want to lead as much as I can to be faithful to Jesus Christ in all things. And it starts with our own life. 
Lord, if there are members or Christians in this room today that simply need to come and put their lives before you, God, I pray that you will work in their life, and especially that one that needs you as Savior today. Lord, we give you this moment of invitation, and we pray that you lead now. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.